0: If any of you have been keeping up with what's going on in the news with hip-hop mogul and impresario Sean Combs, a.k.a. Puffy, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, a.k.a. P. Diddy, as Biggie Smalls nicknamed him, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Brother Love, even though he often is accused of behaving more like Brother Hate, you know that the floodgates have opened up for him. After many, many years of whispers of his evil deeds, ranging from allegations of abuse, assault, bullying, harassment, trafficking, even hits. And we're not talking about those that are on the charts. The chickens have come home to roost for Mr. Combs. Singer Cassie Ventura filed a lawsuit, a damning 35-page indictment, detailing how she was treated by Diddy or whatever he calls himself himself these days within 24 hours the case was settled with Ms. Ventura receiving an undisclosed settlement rumored to be in the nine digits within days more suits were filed by some of those people that he allegedly has wronged coincidentally or not the Cassie Ventura lawsuit was filed on November 15, 2023, the fifth anniversary of the sudden death of Kim Porter, longtime Diddy companion and mother of three of his children, with him also acting as father to Kim's oldest son, Quincy Brown, who came from Kim's marriage to singer Albie Shore. Diddy referred to Kim on more than one occasion as the love of his life and his muse but claims that he was actually super controlling and abusive towards her continue to be discussed. With so much coming out, I decided that Kim Porter needs to be talked about, considered, and remembered. Her story is still developing because there's a lot of speculation regarding her death, which we will discuss, but this episode of Remembering the Misremembered is dedicated to a woman who was an archetypal figure and muse for many people. Kimberly Antoinette Porter was born on December 15, 1970, in Columbus, Georgia. Her father was Jake Porter, and her mother was Sarah L. Porter. Porter was raised by her mother, a probation officer, and her grandmother, and was of mixed African-American, Native American, and European ancestry. She was enamored of fashion and entertainment at an early age, excelling at dancing, and started modeling while in her teens and she became a debutante. One of the people Kim grew up with was Dallas Austin, who is probably best known as a producer for Boys to Men and TLC and fathering a son with TLC's Chili. He's also a movie producer. Their moms carried them at the same time, and they were born about two weeks apart. They attended kindergarten together, high school, and were each other's high school prime dates. They were typical kids of the 70s and 80s, and Austin remembered the two of them going to see Princess Purple Rain about 15 times. Kim went to modeling school in Columbus and participated in contests in Hilton Head, South Carolina, where she won Model of the South. Kim graduated from Columbus High School in 1988. That same year, Uptown Records head Andre Harrell introduced Kim to rising recording artist Albert Brown III, known by the stage name Al B. Sure, The two hit it off and enjoyed a whirlwind relationship. Al moved Kim to New York from Georgia to start her one runway and print modeling career. Soon she was hitting the runways in New York, Italy, Paris, and Brazil, as well as other places around the globe. In 1989, when Kim was 18 and Al was 21, the two got married. According to him, On June 4, 1991, Al's 23rd birthday, Kim gave birth to their son, Quincy, who was named after music legend Quincy Jones, who is Al's mentor. This was the year that Al B. Sure co-wrote and co-produced Forever My Lady for Jodeci with group member Devontae Swing. The song was about Al's love for Kim and the birth of their son. It's one of the greatest love songs of all time. One day, in the studio, Sean Combs, the fledgling A&R man from Uptown Records, spotted Kim Porter and was instantly intrigued by her striking beauty, her energy, and her Southern manners. It's been said that Kim kind of looked down on Sean at the time. He was indeed a nobody, but he was on his way up. Perhaps she wasn't attracted to him for other reasons. Maybe she saw the alleged psychopath lurking right beneath the surface. Kim and Al split up after he fathered a child with another woman. She was now free to date Sean, who was calling himself Puffy or Puff Daddy at the time. Incidentally, the nickname Puffy is a reference to his temper and his tendency to huff and puff when he's angry, which seemed to be a good deal of the time. They began seeing each other in 1994. No longer a nobody, he had become an entertainment industry renaissance man. Rapper, music executive, Bad Boy Records founder, actor, and cultural icon. Kim was a successful model by this time. Her stunning face being used to sell products such as Clairol and Cream of Nature. She was a spokesmodel representing such companies as Revlon and Tommy Hilfiger. Her modeling career took her all over the world. She was a video vixen, too, having appeared in music videos such as Heavy D and The Boy's Nothing But Love, and Big Daddy Kane's Smooth Operator. The 2002 film Drumline was inspired by Kim's relationship with Dallas Austin. Austin produced the film, with Nick Cannon's character being based on Austin and Zoe Saldana's character being based on Kim Porter. Puffy and Kim were a power couple and a highly unconventional, dysfunctional one at that. The two never legally married, but they raised a blended family together, her son Quincy and his son Justin with Misa Hilton Brim. The couple had a son together named Christian Casey Combs in 1998, and Kim found out while carrying this baby that Diddy, as he was now being called, was running around with actress Jennifer Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo. She didn't find out, from Diddy, but from a friend during a telephone conversation. He claimed in an interview that he took up with Lopez because his relationship with Kim had been suffering from her lack of attention towards him. It didn't matter to him that Kim was carrying his son. Kim and Diddy had begun to resemble the chocolate version of Mick Jagger and Jerry Hall, the bad boy music man constantly cheating on his model girlfriend, and she always takes him back ready for him to impregnate her once more. The relationship with J-Lo, a noted opportunist who changed men as much as she changed underwear, ended in 2000 after the twosome were involved in a high-profile nightclub shooting. In 2006, Kim gave birth to twin girls Delilah Starr and Jesse James, named after her and Diddy's grandmothers. She was humiliated to learn that Diddy had also fathered a baby girl named Chance, with her alleged friend, Sarah Chapman, just five months before the birth of the twins. Along with the constant disrespect were rumors of physical violence. Kim admitted to throwing a small television at Sean in anger, and there were rumors of him beating the brakes off her on more than one occasion, including an incident on a yacht where he allegedly broke Kim's nose. He allegedly required Kim to participate in group sex with other men in freak-offs, It's not known if this is an activity that she enjoyed or if she did this solely to please the man who became the controlling factor in her life. There are interviews on YouTube with Diddy's former security detail, Gene Deal, where such an allegation has been advanced. And other people have talked about it, too. Wendy Williams talked about it back in the day. Kim is alleged to have cut Diddy's wrist, nearly killing him. She attempted to move on from him with the relationship ending sometime in 2007, starting a romance with actor Jackie Long, but selfish and possessive Diddy refused to let her enjoy the relationship, constantly issuing threats and allegedly threatening to kill Long. Keep in mind, this is Diddy, the same man that was accused in court papers of blowing up the car of rapper-actor Kid Cuddy while Cuddy was dating Cassie, and Cassie and Diddy were not together at the time. It's believed that Kim ended the relationship with Jackie Long in order to protect him. Diddy refused to marry her, although he claimed that she deserved marriage. He wouldn't allow her to find someone who might want to marry her. He could not give up the idea that Kim was a possession that he owned, a toy to pick up when he wanted her and put down when he was tired of her, and she was expected to always be available to him even after he had moved on to his next alleged victim, the woman who would help to bring him down, Cassie. He was ruining Kim's life, and, as we later learned, Cassie's. Over the years, Kim started a production company called Beautiful Minds Entertainment. She had a clothing line called the Kim Porter Collection. She was co-founder of a mentoring organization known as Positive Tomorrows, and she started a company called Three Brown Girls with Nicole Johnson an Ebony Electra that helped to discover Janelle Monet. In April of 2014, Kim's mother, Sarah L. Porter, passed away at the age of 67. On November 7, 2018, Kim Porter suddenly fell ill herself, complaining of a sore throat that quickly escalated to an affliction of flu-like symptoms with a fever of 102 degrees. On the morning of November 15, Kim's goddaughter, found her in bed, and assumed that she was sleeping. Three hours later, it was noticed that she was not moving, nor was she breathing, and somebody called 911. Kim Porter was pronounced dead just a month shy of her 48th birthday at her Toluca Lake, California home. Diddy would claim that in their final conversation, Kim told him to take care of her babies. He had picked the children up in order to prevent them from catching their mother's illness. At least that's what has been said. The conversation that Al B. sure said he had with her involved Kim sending him a message saying, quote, life imitating art and art imitating life, end of quote. She was on the run from something, according to Al, and he urged her to contact the FBI. The two had remained on friendly terms, with Kim frequently giving Al a heads up when necessary for his own protection. Make of that what you will. Certain things only made sense to him in retrospect. The music and fashion worlds were stunned. Immediately the conspiracy theory started flying. Whenever someone dies around Diddy, the immediate assumption is that he had something to do with it or that he did it. The death of Kim Porter was no exception, especially with Al B. Shore, Kimora Lee Simmons, Singer and whistleblower Jaguar Wright and even members of Kim's own family leveling accusations of murder in Diddy's direction. Kim's death from the beginning was suspected to be a blood sacrifice via poisoning. Kim was a strong and healthy woman who suddenly became sick and quickly died after that. Some say she was sick for weeks while others claim she was ill for only a few days. Kim knew where the bodies were buried, both figuratively and literally, and is said to have been working on a tell-all book that would reveal it all. After she died, her computer, which we assume held the manuscript, disappeared. Diddy behaved as if he was the widow of all time, lurking around Kim's home on the day she died, taking over her funeral arrangements and giving her a flashy home-going service worthy of the queen that she was in her hometown of Columbus, Georgia. Bishop T.D. Jakes, Diddy's close friend and rumored lover, officiated. In January of 2019, the coroner ruled that Kim died of low-bar pneumonia and her death was described as natural, an explanation that hasn't satisfied those close to her nor her friends. Al B. Shure, Camora Lee, and Kim's sister, believed that she was murdered and had been vocal about it. I'll be sure was quite vocal and was rumored to be working on a documentary or a book or something when it appears that there was an attempt to silence him. He suddenly became so ill that he was in a comatose state for two months and required a liver transplant. He did manage to recover, but it was very strange how that happened. More recently, with the flood of accusations and lawsuits, there was a fire at the home of Kamora Lee Simmons, and she and her family are reported to be in hiding as I record this. And uh, Kamora Lee had gotten into a, an argument years ago with Diddy when she was pregnant. And uh, he threatened to do something to her. I think he also uh, was threatening right on the scene to do something physical to her. Uh, but it's important to note that Kamora Lee and her former husband, Russell Simmons, are not on good terms. And maybe it's a coincidence, even though I personally don't believe that, and apparently neither does Kamora Lee. Dr. Ed Winter, coroner to the stars, who did Kim's autopsy and also investigated the mysterious deaths of Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and Brittany Murphy, passed away in March of 2023 after it was suspected that he might be about to reopen Kim's case. He may have been planning to exhume Kim's body, to get to the truth uh, which would have come to light once and for all. Kim's family and children deserve the truth and Kim deserves justice. Kim Porter was a small town girl, a Georgia peach who took her gifts all over the world. She was a muse for the men in her life and her story is a cautionary tale, though it's up to you what you take from it. I think she deserved far better than what she got. But anyway, RIP Kim Porter, and uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they will open that case back up. Uh, you know, now that we're seeing all of these accusations and these lawsuits being filed in black and white, perhaps we will ultimately get to the truth of what really happened to Kim Porter because her death is just very fishy, and um, truth needs to come out once and for all. But anyway, I'm Monica. This is Remembering the Miss and I will see you soon with more stories.